Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the show. This is Reservations, and I'm Rain Whaler. And I'm Shannon Chappaquiddick. Oh, my God. Why? Why do you do these to me? <laughs> it's a real place. We'll or, uh, let me rephrase, to future Rain. Yeah, it's all right. You'll find it. It's a real place. Oh, it's a real place. Oh, thank Chappaquiddick, God. Chappaquiddick, yeah. Okay. I'm sure if I use the, the it's a Chappaquiddick. It's like a lake, and like one of the Kennedys drowned some chicken, and I don't know. It doesn't matter. Um, it's history, guys. <laughs> Which one, though? I don't remember. Ted, I think? I don't know who that is. Okay. Unless he got shot, I don't know. Yeah, no, it's Ted Kennedy. Uh, you know, like that one guy, you know. Today, that... we'll be rating. <laughs> I saw this I saw this video. Sorry. Oh, my God. I saw this video where he's like, today, I'll be rating um, presidents um, in order of uh, surviving a... Uh, <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> surviving a... Uh, a car ride through downtown Dallas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. And you, we were there too. Yep. Uh, Jesus. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. Well, welcome back, everyone. Um, this is it. The finale. Finally. Yes. The finale of uh, season seven. We did it. Yes. Very this exciting. season. Hey, you know what? It was one episode shy of what we originally set out to do. Cool. We originally, uh, if we never mentioned... Does the bonus count? I mean, we'll yes do bon- and no. We'll do a bonus, but... Of course, you know, well, yeah, we'll always do a bonus episode, but... Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, technically, in terms of, you know, because we wanted to do 40 episodes, this is 39. Wow. Well, but we make our own rules, so... Yeah, who fucking cares? Who fucking cares? Yeah. And we are so ready to be over with this season. Yeah, ready to get started on the next one, yeah. Yeah, because, yeah, the next season, uh, which we'll tease at the end... Um, yeah, yeah. Next season will be back to basics, yeah. back to a shorter season, uh, and I'm I'm excited for that. Yeah, I've too. got a couple on my list that I'm using this rule a little bit. I haven't seen so cool, but um, but yes, welcome to the finale, everyone. Before we get into the episode, uh, just a couple announcements. By the time this episode comes out, one, it'll be my birthday. Aww. and uh, I will be thirty years old. Oh, that's right. Yeah, because yeah. you know you turned thirty. I did. Uh, last month, uh, look to the Instagram and the Facebook page if you, if you uh, want. didn't realize Jeremy was 30. Uh, but by the time this episode comes out, I will be 30 and I'll be at Disney. Oh, that's right. Disney. Yes. Which is another good reason why I'm glad we're recording now. Yeah, for sure. Because Saturday is the day that Ashley and I are going to pack up and then we leave Sunday. And I'm packing boxes and stuff, so and yes, uh, moving all of my all of our stuff. Yeah, and, uh, and if you didn't know, Jeremy was moving. Uh, I'm go, moving. Go back to the yeah. YouTube channel. We have a video about that. We're not going to rehash that because that video cry. will be out by now. So because you'll cry. Yeah, I'll cry. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I'll cut my hair. Thanks, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, man, I'm, I'm excited for Disney, man. I know, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have been be cool. counting the days. Yeah. Uh, what are you most excited about for Disney? Besides getting a custom-made $250 lightsaber? Yeah. Um. Honestly, just the experience, It's really. going to be your color, purple? I don't know. Like, uh, like Sammy J? I don't know, man. Okay. I don't know. And see, and, and we'll see, I had to reserve a time frame for that. Wow, interesting. Well, we'll see, that's the other thing, too. Uh, for anyone who is interested in going to Disney... You can learn from this. Uh, yeah, you, we had to reserve everything ahead of time. Oh, I did Like the restaurants we were going to each day. Really? We had to re- go ahead and reserve when we're going to be there. Um, 
and some of those it's it's uh it's like a paid meal so like like on the first day we're having lunch at be our guest which mm-hmm. is the beauty and the beast themed uh restaurant mm-hmm. <clears throat> um but yeah like we had to already put a card on file and it's going to be like a, a base price essentially mm-hmm. um but yeah you know i'm excited like i said i'm Besides the lightsaber, more so the experience, actually. Go to For Disney sure. and experience it all. Uh, we're going to Florida because everyone has told us go to Disney World first. Um, I'd agree. like to go to land at some point in my lifetime. I've been to land. You've been to land. I have. Yeah. When I was uh, 12 or 13, I went. Ah. It was fun, you know? Well, Hang see, on. I'm sending you a picture, by the okay. way, because you mentioned Beauty and the Beast. I, there's a picture of me uh, as a very small child. Um pointing at something i don't know what uh but i'm holding a um a beauty and the beast vhs tape <laughs> it's a whole did you, wait did you take that with you um i guess i just carried it around with me i don't know like a safety blanket yeah but it was my, sa- <laughs> my safety vhs <laughs> oh that's gold i'm gonna try to find it uh i probably won't waste time doing it here yeah while there's a camera on me even though I've been doing this for a while, so. But yeah. Anyway, but you know, I'm really excited for that man. Um, not as excited to turn thirty. Why? Thirty thirty is fun. I can't. I can't You've wait. You've only been thirty be... for a month. Yeah, but you know, I mean, it's like we should ask Alex. He's been thirty for a while. You know, uh, I'll tell you this, okay? And uh, our our older audience is probably gonna make fun and roll their eyes. Yes. Um, but I. It was the the week I turned 30. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a few days after my birthday. I was at a restaurant and I was in the booth and I I stretched in the booth. Just like, you know, just stretched uh-huh. my, my back and my arms and whatever. And uh, I hurt my back for three hours. Like I couldn't. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit. And I'm like, for real right now? Like already? I've been told you know? that the minute I turn 30, when I get out of bed, like my knee is all already be yeah, you're just gonna disintegrate that's yeah. pretty much <clears throat> even though i've been assured by all these people that 30s you know you know 30s the new the new thing and i'm like yeah but i don't haven't got to experience my 20s <laughs> but anyway <laughs> um but yeah that's enough for the updates uh hopefully future rain he's probably going to edit this ahead of time since he's going to be Knees deep in uh, Disney on Monday, which is usually my editing day. Knees deep? Knees deep. Okay. Walking with a cane. I found it. Oh, okay. So. Wait, so that's at Disneyland? No, this is just me in my house. Well, oh, you made it sound like this is you at Disneyland. No. Oh. No, no, no. Well, I'm going to send this to you. Okay. So you can put it on the on the screen. On the, on the thing. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, it may be up this whole time <laughs> yeah, with no context until you give the context and people are gonna be like, what? That's awesome. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's perfectly fine. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, anyway, after all the updates and birthdays and stuff like that. Um, so this is the finale, but it's also the end of our end of season series. Part three of our, uh, Terry Gilliam's dystopic futures. Yeah. The zero theorem. Now, this was a first watch for the both of us. Yeah. So, what was your first impression? I don't think I liked it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, there are some interesting things in here that we'll talk about. Um, you know, there's that quirky Terry Gilliam, you know, dystopic future technology thing, yeah. right? 
where in this instance there were just things that were very impractical which of course a lot of this stuff is impractical like uh and not logical mm-hmm. right um for instance they're doing that he's doing the thing uh, uh cohen is doing the thing with the controller but he's doing the the pedal he's at the pedal station yeah and he's having to put in vials of liquid right mm-hmm. for whatever reason and then he, when he takes it out there's a person on the other end who is taking and yeah and and restocking the the vials of liquid i go that seems impractical and you know and why you know the i guess again it's just terry gilliam it's quirky the the mixing of like a liquid physical something with a with digital computer, something yeah. right um I'll tell you this right off the bat. I did not like the references to real life things or an iPhone being in it. I thought that was super weird. I must have um, missed that. Thing. The iPhone, um, when it's a part of the phone that he has, um, the screen on the telephone with the lips uh, uh, that tell you, and it's got numbers on it, um, that tell him when the next um, data, was, data was due, right? Uh-huh. Uh, it'll cut to this little screen it's an iphone oh. i go i don't like that and <laughs> i think it's because like yes i understand it's using now technology but in the future right uh-huh. but it's different with an iphone because that's it's not like a typewriter or like a, a like a screen with tubes or something because uh-huh. that's not it's not branded right right this is branded okay uh, and I, um bob mentioned star wars at one point, yeah. I go, why is he mentioning Star Wars? I don't want to know about real life stuff right now. You know what I mean? That's <laughs> weird because this is su- such an otherworldly place that it yeah. seems strange to have stuff we have. Okay. Right? No, you know I, what I mean? Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah. I, <clears throat> there are stuff that I liked and we'll get to that too. I'm indifferent. All right. I didn't necessarily love it. Yeah. It's of my Tyrion Gilliam films I've seen. It's not my favorite. My mm-hmm. favorite's Fear and Loathing. Uh, I think Fear and Loathing is peak Terry Gilliam. Um, but I didn't hate it either. There, Just like you, there were things I loved. Of course, as any Terry Gilliam film, a an eccentric main character, yeah. uh, which I know we'll gush over. I mean, Christoph Waltz crushed yeah, it. Great. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of it I didn't understand. Yeah. <clears throat> which I was trying to find things today to help me get it. But I guess this is one of the more one of the more kind of what we were talking about last week, one of the more I guess Lynchian aspects of this movie that Gilliam I guess maybe was going for is he left it up to the audience. Yeah. I I, I suppose. You know, um there's <laughs> It's funny you mentioned you didn't understand because I didn't either. But um, there was a point where, as I said uh, earlier, I was I'm packing up my house, mm-hmm. and so while watching, I go, I can do this while I'm watching this, right? It's not going to take up too much of my time or my attention. I can still watch the movie and do this at the same time. Uh-huh. So I'm doing the the thing, packing up or sorting this box, and um, I would say five ten minutes, okay? Mm-hmm. And I look up, and I go. I have no fucking idea what's happening. So, <laughs> so I rewound it. I, I, I rewound it to, to the point where I last remembered what was going on and I've paid attention this time and I watched the whole thing. And I go, Oh, I didn't need to do that because I still don't know what's going on. <laughs> um, that was a complete waste of my time because I, 
I still don't get it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. There's things about the movie. I just, I don't get, you know, but I guess that's, you know, I mean, that's the point of this, you know, as we deter, as we figured out last week, you know, it's the point of doing this show. So yeah. Yeah. So, all right. So my final time to give us an option. Yeah. Fucking good luck. I'm not, uh, thank the God zero theorem, um, stars, Christoph Waltz, who plays a man named Cohen. That's Q, no U, O H E N. Cohen Leth. He is a. I guess the synopsis I read lied. He's not a mathematician. He is just a computer programmer. That's probably as easiest as I can describe what he does. Mm-hmm. Um, who is. Very eccentric, but he is convinced. He he wants to be working at home because he's convinced that there will be a call coming in that will give his life meaning and purpose. And his boss, uh, management, which is also very Terry Gilliam. Yeah, he has no name. The 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 uh, totalitarian part of this is just he, this guy is just called management. Played by Matt Damon. Uh, which, as we both said off mic, we're like, is that fucking Matt Damon? Is that Matt Damon? Yeah. Uh, the, yeah, I was like, is Matt Damon in this movie? Yeah, it's really strange. Yeah, yeah, um, Management kind of agrees. Like, you know what? I will let you work from home. Here's a specific project I want you to work on. The Zero Theorem. That's the name of the That's movie. That's the name of the movie. Um, and the whole point of the Zero Theorem project is to... Essentially, 100% conclude that life is meaningless, that there is no meaning to anything. Uh, And at one point, I feel like, and we'll get into it, I feel like Cohen may have believed that at one point. But Mm -hmm. by the point in the movie where Bob, who, uh, shout out to our Manchester by the Sea episode, uh, Lucas... Hedges. Hedges. Um... But by the time he uh, Bob explains that to him, he's like, you know, how could you believe something so terrible? And then the movie gets really just like Brazil. Last 20 minutes get very surreal and very in your face. Yeah. A lot of information is thrown at you at once. And we are sort of left with this ambiguous ending. Um, and that's the zero theorem. You didn't even mention the girl. No, nah, we'll get it. I figured we'd okay, get it. Okay, cool. There's a girl who... <laughs> oh, and David uh, Thewlis is in the movie. Shout out to oh. David Thewlis. Yeah, he's um, amazing. Yeah. Dude, his fucking... His fucking uh, I call it the musketeer, the mustache, and the soul patch. Yeah. Dude. Even though he clearly was wearing a wig. Oh, yeah. But it's, like, it's clearly a toupee. Yeah. But his fucking... I know that was probably his. I was like, dude, that's, that's rad. So, okay. So, when, when the movie first started mm-hmm. and we're in this world... I immediately had this thought, and I was very proud of it. Okay. So I'm going to share it with you. Okay. Um, I thought this is this is Blade Runner with the lights on. <laughs> okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because like we have. St- oh my god. Okay. Yeah. It. it, it Do you just see clicked. what I'm saying? Yeah. It just clicked the, the with world. me. The world yeah. is like it's like Blade Runner with the lights on. Yeah. If anyone has seen Blade Runner, for sure, a future episode. Yeah. Um. Ridley Scott built this world. Have to we be, never done Blade Runner? Nope. Or 2049. Oh, fuck. Okay. For sure, a two-parter. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Denis Villeneuve. Oh, I know. It's so good. Um, 
but if anyone hasn't seen the original Blade Runner, it is if you were to take the still of Cohen going down the street and a still of. Oh, my God, I can't believe I blanked his name. Decker. Decker going down the street. The world is the same, but where Blade Runner is very dark and very dingy. It's night and it's raining. All <clears throat> it's the time. night and it's raining all the time. This is like this world is bright. Yeah, it's bright and sunny, uh, um, which is odd. Um, but I think that was meant to also contrast Cohen. Sure, yeah. Who, at the beginning of the movie, doesn't really like it. You know, he yeah. hates walking down the street. Yeah. Um, being bombarded with ads, which I started to watch some of the special features on the Blu-ray. Oh, okay. And they mentioned. I did not do that. I didn't have time. They, they mentioned like, his, you know, appalling at being bombarded with ads. Yeah. Which, shout out to Gwendolyn Christie. Yes, Gwendolyn Christie's uh, in this movie. If anyone hasn't seen Game of Thrones, Jeremy and I would both highly recommend watching The Sandman. Yes. She plays Lucifer. Yeah. Oh, fuck. So good. Yeah, she's good in that. Um, I heard she's good in Wednesday. I'm she's great in Wednesday. Um, she's one of my highlights. Okay, Because uh, cool. as we, we've gone on about that show. <laughs> um... But anyway, I think it was meant to contrast that. Like, he lives in this very bright and sunny world, yeah. but he himself, Cohen, right. is not. Here's something that I wish would have gone somewhere. Okay. Um, his, his pluralness, his, yeah. his we, us mm-hmm. uh, thing. Uh, he refers to himself as we. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, in the plural sense. Yeah. Um, I wish that would have went so. I, I I wish that wasn't just quirky. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Especially because especially when later on he fucking drops it out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I told you I was working on it. Yeah, which yeah. I mean, it, I guess it's just character development. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I I um. Here's another thing I didn't like. Okay. Uh, sorry. Yeah, it's all right. It's, it's okay. I mean, I mean, it's all good. I I find the the visual representation of the zero theorem awful. You mean like the the computer block? I hate stuff it. Like that? I okay. hate it. And okay. I don't know why. It's I don't know why it bothered me. I just think that you know it seems again it's quirky. It's 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 we're almost to Wes Anderson stuff right here. This is just we're we're I. <laughs> Like Gilliam, like watch it. You know what I mean? Because like we're we're getting to here. You know, I'll tell you what you're doing things just to do things. And I, you know. As as a personal fla- uh, personal favor to me, just watch the French Dispatch, and then you'll be like, all right, it's fine now. <laughs> you're right because the French Dispatch is the most Wes Anderson <laughs> Wes Anderson movie ever. Uh, I mean, I love it. I would never make it through. Uh, but n- watch ten minutes of it, and then call me and be like. Okay, Gilliam. Okay, zero, zero theorem. Zero theorem's fine. Zero theorem's the best movie I've ever seen. <laughs> um, I just didn't like, you know, to me, no, I, it I seemed... I get that. I get that. It, it just seemed off. It didn't seem right. Right? Like, especially, like, the... Even the little thing he does with the with the pedal machine that... Yeah. I guess is his workstation? Yeah. Okay. It seems like it's a, a cubicle of some sorts. I wonder if... if again, because I didn't go deep into this... Sorry, everyone. Um, I wonder if maybe like they were trying to take examples from like other like eccentric companies. Maybe you know, like you know, as we saw in the internship 
with Vince Vaughn and Owen Wilson that, you know, the Google hangout rooms are like, you know, you sit on yoga balls and stuff like that. So maybe they were trying to go for an eccentric, maybe comfortable workspace. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I I think that in this, in this world, Uh it's so different Mm -hmm. and it is so changed from our own. Oh, that it's hard to determine what's what. So like when he was on that machine, I didn't know what he was doing, right? Yeah. I, I, it took me a while to discern he was at work. You know what I mean? Because yeah. it seemed to me like he was at a shopping mall, number one. I, I didn't know yeah, where he was. Yeah, I'll be honest, it did take me a um, second too. I was like, wait, oh, he's working. Yeah, and I'm like, okay. And then like the pedal thing is sort of strange. The the disembodied arm dropping off the vials of liquid. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, is this like a game he's playing? Is he like... <laughs> Is this like... what well, it's almost like set up to where <clears throat> their work is they're essentially playing games, you know, essentially. Yeah. Because yeah. they're programming. is like a giant controller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which also apparently doubles as their keyboard. Yes. You know. Um, now, what I did like about this is it's replacing what Brazil did, which um, the the dystopian aspect and the totalitarianism was bureaucracy. Mm-hmm. This was surveillance and technology, right? Yeah. So that's different. And I liked that, right? Yeah. The, the scene near the end or somewhere where he's taking down all of his cameras. Oh uh, yeah. All the cameras right. from Mancom. And I do like the, uh, the, the symbolism of replacing Christ's head with a, with a camera and yeah. the, on the crucifix. I like that imagery. That was good imagery. Yeah. I, um, yeah. It's... I, so, well, this might help a little bit. Uh, I was watching a video today trying to help me kind of understand the movie a little bit more. And apparently the screenwriter came up with the idea for this after he read the book of Ecclesiastes. Ecclesi- Ecclesiastes. Yeah, that. Uh, I believe. Because um, I believe... If, what they said in the video that's the book in the bible where it really talks about like the meaning sort of like not necessarily the meaning of life but yeah. where we can find meaning mm-hmm. in life and things like that uh but apparently supposedly the screenwriter wanted to make it funny i'm like this doesn't feel like a comedy though none of it felt funny to me i it felt it felt the humor was lost on me maybe i mean don't get me wrong there are th- certain things in christoph waltz and his performance that were funny like his like when he when david dolis goes like give him a massage and he's like like don't touch me like we don't like being touched and he goes back to work you know stuff like that but right yeah i didn't feel like this movie was a if he was going for this to be a comedy i didn't feel like this was a comedy and what what i found interesting was um the use of it's not consistent Mm -hmm. right but the 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 inconsistent use of surrealism mm-hmm. with especially management, because when we see him at oh, that yeah. party, uh, what he's wearing is the, is what was behind him. Yeah. Right. Which of course, uh, Joby David Dulles says he's incognito. Right. So he's, um, and I, I don't, the way I saw it and I guess you could read it as maybe he's, his suit does that or yeah. whatever. 
but to me it was just like it's it's surrealism like you're not supposed to you know question yeah Yeah. and no one's no one's paying attention to it which um you know i don't think it was a piece of technology i think it was just you know supposed to be dreamlike right yeah i mean you know you know in doing this series you know as i mentioned um he's like a chameleon you could say he was real chameleon yeah chameleon yeah Professor Mosby, do you mean chameleon? <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, yeah, no, I see what you're saying, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but okay, let's let's kind of get back to sure. the format just a little bit. Uh, let's let's just go ahead and talk about Cohen. Okay. Um, which I love that his name starts with a Q. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's Cohen, like you would like if you're saying like the Cohen brothers or something right. like that. Um, first off, Christoph Waltz. He's good. He's good in this. Amazing. He, he gives it his all. I'll give him that. Yeah. He, well, apparently, I don't know if you found this out or not. The movie had gone through a lot of development hell, but it was finally officially greenlit when he was cast. They're like, all right, we got to make it now. I think he just won the Oscar and that's why. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cause he had just done Django, I think by this point. Oh, did he? Oh, so he's already had it then. Cause uh, he won it for so. Inglourious Bastards. Yes. It? But because I was watching an interview with Terry Gilliam today, again I was trying to find something, <laughs> and I found an interview that IGN did with Terry Gilliam, and he was like, "Yeah, you know, he was great in those two uh, Tarantino films, and I, I just knew he was going to be great in this." I was like, what? "He'd already done Django by this point." Yeah. Um, well, for sure he'd done Inglorious Bastards. Um, but yeah, so he yeah he does great, and you know I thought him not having any eyebrows was going to be a little off putting, but it. After a while, you don't notice. Yeah, you don't really notice because Christoph's face is so. Uh, uh, not expressionless. Animated. It's very animated with how he moves. You know his eyes and his. You know, how oh he, yeah, no, I how he uses his face. Yeah, you for you forget he doesn't have eyebrows. Right. Um, but yeah, so you know, this is so different from. We'll just say. After seeing Inglorious Bastards, this is different from. Uh, oh fuck, I can't remember his character's name from Inglorious Bastards. Okay, the Jew know. Hunter, <laughs> um, because he's more you know he's awkward and he you know, wants to be left alone. He's yeah, yeah, yeah. very set in his ways yeah. too. And you know the only thing I could find about this is that you know the whole point of Cohen is he's supposed to be this closed off person until people come into his life. And then that's what throws his life. You know, it opens the doors to him actually living his life and yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah. And, you know, and I will say that is that is one of the things I liked is we do see some sort of character development with him mm-hmm. from going from being closed off to, you know, like not locking his door all the time and and stuff like that. Uh really all i need had to say about cohen unless you have anything to add no um (laughs) no i so the what i read Uh right um i did read one thing oh okay it was i think the guardian um was which it was so unique because you could tell that he was really struggling to right Uh because most of it was this movie came out 
or premiered the same weekend or at the same festival as The Theory of Everything. Okay? Oh. The Stephen Hawking movie. Which is great, by the way. If anyone hasn't seen it, it's great. Uh, yeah, it is good. And he was just comparing the two for a while. They don't uh, really work together, though. Well, here's how we did it. Okay? okay. And this is how you know he's grasping. Because he goes, <laughs> you know how uh, the, the, you know, the... The theory of everything, the 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 mathematical equation that will solve, you know, uh, the beginning of time and before the Big Bang and all that stuff, which is what Hawking was obsessed with, uh, where his obsession, you know, and and Cohen, uh, his was, you know, trying to find meaning in his life. However, you know, he has brought him despair and all that stuff. And I go, all right, I mean, sure, I <laughs> give it to you, uh, not bad. And this goes on for a few paragraphs uh, of him. <laughs> Just talking about, you know, and, 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 you know, and, and Hawking is it, you know, Jesus. Um, and I thought that was an interesting way of looking at this movie where you can compare it to something that's not even close to the same thing, right? They just came out at the same time. Yeah. Right. Um, which is this, this movie is so hard to hold on to, um, cause it is so unique and it is so different and it is so bizarre and shockingly the shortest of the three. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and something else I was reading, because like I've mentioned on the show before, you know, sometimes if we're watching a really dense, if we're doing a really dense movie, I'll sometimes look up the plot and read a little bit about to make sure I'm comprehending it correctly. Right. And sometimes my curiosity gets the best of me and I'll read the rest. Mm-hmm. So I'll know how the movie kind of goes. And I did that with this one. But dude, like I was, I was like, Jesus, it's still fucking, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. I will say that's my one qualm with it. Okay. Is it does reading it makes it seem like it drags, but there is a lot that a lot of information they just throw at you. Oh, once yeah. Once you get past that halfway mark, like mm-hmm. once once he kind of ends things with Bainsley, like it's just nonstop information. Which I guess is a good segue to talk about Bainsley, I guess. Sure. Oh, yeah. It's the girl. The girl. Good job. Uh, who is she? I read she's classified as a femme fatale. I don't know how though. I mean, you're the you're the noir expert. Maybe you might be able. Expert to. is not something I, <laughs> I. I no, but I do like film noirs. And um, sure, yeah, because I mean, she brings him into. Um, first off, she you know is the love interest, right? She is getting him out of his comfort zone. Mm-hmm to have feelings for someone else right right um which has only happened once more well, once before but then yeah. he talks about very briefly with bob right yeah that he was married once before until she divorced him right and divorces them come on man yeah oh well as he said then until she divorced us 2023 man come on uh, <laughs> get your pronouns right and um so yeah in that aspect yes because then him uh, getting involved with her mm-hmm. gets him in trouble, right? And that does make her a down, right? Because um, her, him, like visiting her website, uh, him um, plugging into that suit and no, the, going VR into the, suit. the VR thing, which is bizarre, and it ends up being so important because it—that's how the movie ends. Um, yeah, uh, him on that beach, uh, which I don't understand. 
I, I don't understand the significance of that. I think it's because he finally found his, his place, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which makes sense. Um, and it just didn't seem right with someone else, I guess, when he was with there with Bainsley, Maybe, you know? I don't know. Um, but then again, later on, when he goes back, um, he's super into it, and he wants to stay there forever, and then he gets pulled out of it. Fuck, man, I don't know. Um, okay, well, you know, okay. And then there's that black hole thing. Um, I think that's supposed to represent his loneliness. You think? I think. I don't know. Cause, well, no, because then Matt Damon brings it up later that's on. That's right. So it's not just his thing, right? It's, it's, it is something that is tangible to everybody, right? Everybody can, can see it. Yeah. Right? Okay. And it, it okay. Um, sorry. Well, well not, to, not, to, not to rush things, but. Sure. Because I don't want this episode to be 30 minutes long. Um, <laughs> okay. Here's my thing. With okay. the whole VR suit, right? Sure. So after Bob updates it, right? Because it's supposed to, you know, as Bob says, help him find his soul. Or at least, you know, uncover his soul. He's electrocuted after he plugs it in, right? I'm thinking maybe that's what happened. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking that it did find his soul, but it kind of killed him in the process. Because remember, okay. Matt Damon says, oh, you're a part of the neural net now. Right. Yeah, he ends up in that place, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think he died. I think it killed him and it uploaded him. Into this neural net and in- the neural network. And he manifests himself destroying the system, mm-hmm. right? Um, again, very similar to, to, to Brazil in that way where we have this sequence that is potentially not happening. Yeah. Right. But in Brazil's case, it, it's kind of answered for it. Us. It's, and it's sad, right? Where yeah. this one is more uplifting because he is, you know, no matter what he's in his happy place, which I guess is what happened in Brazil. But in Brazil, we get what's happening in reality. Right. Right. We're not getting that. In yeah. We, we don't, term. we don't, like I said, everyone, uh, we don't know if, Quinn, oh, see, I'm doing it. Quinn. Uh, you said Quinn. Uh, Cohen uh, did die. That's just my theory because he's okay. electrocuted right, right after it's turned right, on. Right, right, right. You know, unless which is which is foreshadowed because he he does it the first time with the the unmodified mm-hmm. uh, VR suit. Which, by the way, um, that's not how VR works. By the way, sure it is, but that's not my qualm. Uh, it's. <laughs> it's the the design of the suit is very oh, bizarre the fucking like because he looks like a court jester right is it's kind of what it is right like a, yeah. like a medieval uh court jester yeah is what the, it resembles to me um maybe that's on purpose yeah with the with the uh fucking like ears or whatever the shit that is yeah. back there the more i talk about it the more i don't like this movie i think <laughs> I, <laughs> I i know there are things i liked about it i'm just struggling at the moment trying to find it well I, it's because david thews what is his last name Th- Thewlis. 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 i love him and i always will i think he's incredible and uh, i do find it interesting though that his character pulls a 180 on on cohen you know that like oh you're you're like one of my best friends and then like well fuck you you got me fired yeah, 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 yeah. you know I thought that was kind of weird, but then again, you know, it was one of those fake, like convenient friendships, right? Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think so too. Um, you know, and we we've seen that before in in 
Killiam's movies, you know, like in um, uh, in Jabberwocky. Uh, well, I, which I know you haven't seen. I have not. Uh, Jabberwocky, uh, the main character, Michael Palin, is in love with this chick who fucking hates him. Mm-hmm. But then at the end of the movie, when he becomes famous, she wants to marry him. Uh, I see. Which, of course, he loves because he is, like, madly in love with her. Oh, so he still doesn't? Oh, no, but because they make him marry a princess. <laughs> Amazing. And he's like, no. Oh, yeah. Oh, Jesus. Jabberwocky's decent. Okay. okay. It, it's it's for those people who want to get their foot in the door of Gilliam. Sure. But maybe don't really want to watch the ridiculousness of Monty Python. Cause how, but how dare you watch right. Monty Python? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but anyway, um, I think the reason why we're struggling so hard is because there is a lot in this movie that's that we don't have answers to. Which, as we've talked about with you know with like Lynch and stuff. You know, I don't want to be spoon fed, Mm -hmm. but there are a few things, at least in this world, that need explanation. Yeah, I think it's different because um, this this film is set up to where you you want explanation. Right. Right. In, In a Lynch film, it's sort of like the entire film is a dream. Right, the yeah. entire experience, the 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 tone, everything is sort of dreamlike and in this surrealist Lynchian way. Right. Uh, but this isn't, and so you're like, well, yes, it's strange. Yes, it's a dystopian future. Yes, it's this sort of uh, with this weird quasi technology and all that stuff. But mm. it's not it's not dreamlike, right? This isn't right. a dream. This is reality. So give me answers. Yeah, and you I know? think it's because. If there's one thing that we can leave with anyone, if leave anyone with at the end of the series, Zach, um, <laughs> is that Gilliam is uncompromising in his vision. Mm. This is the movie he wants to make. Yeah, you're right. And I'm gonna do it. Yeah. And I don't. And he doesn't care. Yeah. And and I think and I think that's another reason why I like him so much mm-hmm. is because it's like yeah, it reminds me a lot of. Which I know I've talked about. Uh, Kevin Smith, you know, mm-hmm. Kevin Smith makes the movies he wants to make. Fuck anyone else. You're exactly right. I think you're you're right. In this is a hundred percent Terry Gilliam, yeah. right? And whomever the co-writer was. Uh, yeah, Future Rain might put up the name of. I tried the, looking up his um his other filmography, and this is pretty much it. <laughs> the the screenwriter. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know. So you take the, the, I guess, just the baseline of just the the bare bones. Here's the script, mm-hmm. right? Make it a Terry Gilliam movie. And then, you know, uh, of course, he, he helped write it anyway, so it doesn't matter. But um, you're right. This is just full force Terry Gilliam. I don't care if it makes sense. I, I want it to look like this. I want it to. I want it to be like this. I yeah. want it to be. I, I want the, the film to be structured like this. I want it to, you know go in this direction. I want it to end this way. I want it to yeah. have these visuals and which is fine. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. It's, you know, I'm completely fine with the experimental filmmaking and filmmaking that doesn't make any sense. Um, but in the context of a movie like this, we do need a little bit of something. I do. Yeah. Just, I agree. Just, just to something, you know, maybe an explanation on why Cohen uses the plural pronoun. Oh, I wish that um, went somewhere. Or, or maybe, maybe a little bit more explanation into the company he works for, Mancom, because I found that so interesting. Yeah, I was like, that's a very interesting name, which may tie into the whole, the whole duality between 
god man kind of thing. Maybe you there's know, a lot of that you know, in this. Cohen does live in a burned church. church. Yeah. Um, which we haven't even talked about, but honestly, you kind of forget he does. Your guess is as good as mine on that, but you kind of forget he lives in a fucking. But again, it goes with that again that imagery of the the camera replacing the head of Christ on the, on the crucifix. You know, no. it's it's sort of like this sort of we're replacing religion with surveillance and yeah. all of this. Um, kind of like this is your new god. Now. Right, 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 right. Which you know, that's which also by the way. The best thing in the movie, and it's just like blink and you'll miss it. Uh, the Church of the Batman or the Redeemer Batman. Yes, that was fucking hilarious. Uh, that was probably the funniest part of the movie. Yeah, it was like the Church of the Redeemer Batman. Nice, and it's a fucking Batman logo. So yeah. Um, God Christ. Um, but but anyway, I I just wish. Again, when I when when we started with Brazil, like I said that I love Gilliam and I still do. Yeah, yeah. But I do wish he would have given us just just something, just a little bit of something yeah. for this. Yeah, I agree. I, I think that it feels like an unfinished thought or it's it feels like it's it feels like I'm missing an hour, you know? Yeah. Like he's he cut out stuff that would have explained a lot, you know. Yeah. Cuz the I other two to, movies were two and some change hours. I need to watch um I need to watch the extended cut. There's an this. extended cut of this? No. But oh. I would like one just maybe it makes sense, you know. It's it's yeah. like um it's an extra hour of Lord of the Rings, you know. Yeah. 2 hours. Shout out to the extended version of Lord of the Rings. Even though it's theatrical version is still very good. Yes. Um, but there's a lot of context that got cut out. Right. I feel like there's context that's being cut out because there's stuff at the end that just feels rushed or feels, you know, things are happening and I don't really understand why. And uh, the motivations of the characters aren't, to me, aren't clear. Yeah. Like the, the, the like the big thing with what like, happened to Bob. Yeah. Like the big thing with Bob that he's like been terminally ill this whole time. Yeah. Um, but then, like, they accuse Cohen of being, like, a pedophile. That was strange. I was like, what is happening? That felt out of nowhere. Right. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Again, it's, you know, in, in real life, this is fine. But in a movie, I need context. Well, yeah, we need context. Um, or I need explanation or I need follow-up. Because uh, if you're going to set something up, like Bob is dying, I need to know if he died or not. Yeah. You know, yeah, it, but yeah, it comes out of nowhere that, yeah, the, and then you know, we get that throw line of, Oh, my son's been hospitalized. Okay, but that still doesn't answer my question. Okay, great. Is he fucking dead? Like, did, did, did you run out of time did the, to make this movie? Did the clones kill him? What happened? <laughs> Which that was also felt like a half baked idea. Yeah. The clones, what, are, what clones? You know they what don't mean? look like clones. Yeah, clones look the same, they're oh. just wearing the same outfit. That was funny because... Um, oh, when he puts a cigarette in, the, in his hat? Oh, just, you know, just midgets are funny. But uh, also... Um, but also just because, like, it's almost like <laughs> they were clones, but something went wrong in the cloning process. I mean, that's that could be the case. And that could, I think that's probably what they're implying there, which is funny. Well, you know? I found it really funny when the, the tall clone, like, puts a cigarette in his hat and it's still lit and he puts his hat back on. And then you can hear him screaming outside. 
because he lit his hair on fire. That's that's funny. Yeah, that's pretty funny. That's yeah, pretty good. But, but that still felt like a half-baked idea. I still don't know who they are or what they do or why they're there. They're and almost like bodyguards. I guess, or they, they work for the company to make sure Bob doesn't like spill secrets. Oh, yeah, and by the way, Bob is management's son, apparently. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, that was odd. Also, I, I liked, until it went nowhere, that it was a callback from 12 Monkeys that he called everybody Bob, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, And I go, oh. Like like the weird dude that kept calling James Bob. Yeah, because he calls everybody Bob, right? And I I like that. Well, but then they answered it. It's because his name is Bob. Right. And he doesn't want to learn everyone else's name, so you're Bob. That takes up brain cells that he doesn't want to yeah. waste. Um, until, he, until he is almost forced to kind of learn Cohen's name, but he just calls him Q. Yeah. But... Speaking of Q, um, what's his face? Is in oh, this Ben movie? Warnshaw. Yeah. Everyone. Uh, yeah, his, I thought he was going to have such a big role on the movie. And then he's fucking in it for that. Yes, thing. sort of the Russian. I thought he was going to have a big part. I, know, I've seen dude, him. I was like, I was like, dude, it's fucking, it's fucking the nihilist. Yeah. From, uh, fucking Big Lebowski, who's a big character actor. Yeah, he's amazing. I've seen him in so many things. And, um, he's fucking John Wick 2. And he's in it for like two seconds. Mm-hmm. And also in John Wick 2, he's in it for like two seconds. Um, but yeah, uh, there are things that are set up and go nowhere. And again, I, I I like the tie-ins with all of these because in at least one scene in all three of these, we are we are our main characters in front of a a table of scientists or doctors, mm-hmm. right? That oh, happens yeah. in every movie. Yeah, um, which I like. You know what I mean? He's keeping it consistent in that way, which is cool. Um, I just feel like the other films are just so well thought out and this one just feels like it wasn't. And I, it's, I don't want to criticize it. It's hard making a movie. It's hard writing stories. It's hard creating yeah. worlds, especially one this complex and especially one this fantastic, right? Cause he's yeah. wanting to make Blade Runner with the lights on, but, um, I don't know. It just, it fell short for me. I, well, no, I could, I could understand that, you know, especially cause this is, kind of meant to be not necessarily the culmination of the other two movies but sort of the culmination of this world of a dystopic dystopian future of some kind mm. um but yeah i agree brazil very well thought out as we as we did yeah 12 monkeys that world very thought out yeah you know we knew the ins and outs we knew the answers of course you know um with with 12 monkeys that's based on a story right correct yeah uh, Jete. so um i mean you could that it's it's already a thought out idea right brazil is more you know um is more impressive because it's it's such original a, it's and, such a unique world and yeah. it's you know yeah this yeah again i'm indifferent to this one i mean i i, I Taking it at face value as a Terry Gilliam movie. Yeah. I loved it. Um, but yeah, I, I need I need just a answer. <laughs> just to something. Yeah. You know. Like with Lynch, I don't expect to get the answers. Right. Um but for this, like, just give me something. Just, just a nugget of something. Yeah. Like something to at least help me go to the next point because I could probably figure it out from there. I think just too much, too much was happening 
At once. At once with too much was happening with complex things because we're we're you know we're in the VR suit, then we're in this thing that we were only in one other time the with the what, what do you call it the neural net thing yeah, yeah yeah we were only there once with um, Joby and Bob yeah and and I didn't really understand what it was um, at that time right yeah um, I understand that you know it was like the hub of the the research and the the theorem that they were trying to solve and all that stuff uh, that I understood uh, I didn't really understand the. I guess this is where everyone's information is stored because that's where all the pictures were at the end uh, when he destroyed it with the ball peen hammer. Yeah. Uh, which turned out to be the correct um, duel for the job. Um, and then, of course, the black hole makes another appearance and then he's on that beach with no hair this time and he was alone. Mm-hmm. And then the movie ends... And then I don't know. Her. <laughs> you know I mean? Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, then we hear Bainsley calling for him. It's un. Yeah, it's. It's unsatisfying because. I don't know enough, to understand if this is a victory or not. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's true. I, I yeah. don't know, like, if this is what he wanted, right? Yeah. It seems he's content and he's happy, but I don't know. Um, I don't know. I I'm not gonna lie. Last week after we closed out 12 Monkeys, I was like, I was doing a little bit of reading. Oh, sorry, everyone. My uh, watch is telling me to charge it before going to bed. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, I'm really worried. This is going to be way too complex. Yeah. Which is funny because we've, I feel like we've talked about more complex movies than this. Yeah. But I think it's just because we don't, we don't have all the answers. We don't have all the context to figure out yeah. this. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I'm not smart enough. Nah. I th- nah. No, no, no. That's it. Nah. No. Nah. I think Terry Gilliam was just like, no, I'm going to make a movie that's purely me. He's either insane or a genius. And I don't know what it is. <laughs> or both. Or both. <laughs> I mean, look at the Imaginarium of Dr. Parnassus. Yeah. Which I haven't seen. Well, I've seen a few. It's. I saw enough to see Tom Waits. I was like, I'm good. I watched it purely... To see how they honored for Heath Tom Waits. Oh, not for oh, Tom Waits. To see how they honored Heath Ledger, because you know Jude Law, Colin Farrell, and Johnny Depp did that movie for free. Well, and what's funny is um, reading about this one, um, Matt Damon and someone else did. Oh, it was um, Benjamin. Wasn't it? Sorry, I already forgot. Ben Winshaw. Ben Winshaw. Uh, they did it for scale. Uh, just so they can be in the movie, which means they don't... They, they essentially get, sacrifice their salary. They get, I mean, like nothing almost uh, in comparison to what they should be getting. Yeah. Uh, just so... And it gave uh, Terry Gilliam like so much more of the budget uh, for the movie because he didn't have to pay the actors. Yeah. Uh, oh, wait. Matt, Oscar winner Matt Damon wants to be in my movie for yeah. free? Hey, Basically for free. Yeah. I'm going to need another couple million because I'm not paying his ass. Yeah, exactly. And then Ben Winshaw was the same because they just wanted to be in a Gilliam movie, which I completely understand. I agree. I mean, I would love to meet him. I'd love to pick his brain. And then I'd be like, all right, now give me a fucking answer, please. <laughs> um, even his answer, which it, it would probably not even be an be, answer. Yeah, you know, it'd be nonsense. He'd be like, oh, well, you know, you. Live. I mean, you saw him talking about Brazil. I mean, it's like. 
Yeah, I know. Like, Jesus Christ. The dude can't, you know, he's not, it's not nonsense what he's saying. I mean, it, it, it's, it's I, I think it's his own way of it's answering. It's pure clear it. thoughts. It's just, you know, he's doing it very, he's very animated. He's, you know, yeah. he's got a, he's got a high resting heart rate. <laughs> For sure. You know? <laughs> For sure. Uh, <laughs> we did such a bad job on nah, this. Nah, <laughs> I don't think we did. Nah. Jeremy, are you ready to wrap up, wrap up, wrap up? I mean, I feel like this whole thing has just been wrapping up, but yeah. Cool. Let's go well, ahead. you know what? You know what? They all can't, all, they all can't be winners, you know? Nope. Can't rain all the time. You know what I mean? And, uh, you're right. So, you know, sunny days are only good because of the rainy ones. And, uh, this one was, uh, not our worst one of the season. <laughs> what was our best one? Our best one? That's a really good question because uh, we've done some really good ones. Um, I'd have to look back because I don't. I don't know. I don't have an answer to that right now. I think we did great on our. Uh, her episode. Okay. That was a good one. Oh yeah, yeah. Her was good. I mean, not just because it was my pick. Great but... fucking movie, by the way. Yeah. Um, so Jeremy, yeah. you ready to give some people the tease? Of what's coming next season. Yeah. Uh, first off... Uh, Especially because this will be the season you get to kick off. Oh, that's true. Uh, first off, uh, you can stream The Zero Theorem on AMC+. Plus. Uh, that's uh, not where I watched it, but that's... I was... I thought I would have to watch it at work, and I go, where can I find it? It's not on iTunes, so don't look there. Um, really? Yeah. That's interesting. But it's on AMC+, Plus and I refuse. So that's... Yeah, uh, fuck AMC+. Plus. Um, yeah, so next uh, next season... Um, very exciting. Uh, each of us, instead of, uh, choosing films we haven't seen, which some of them, it'll overlap because they won't, I haven't seen all of mine and you haven't seen all of yours. Uh, but we are choosing one director each and we are going to go back and forth, uh, with just going down some filmography from that one director. Um, I have chosen Fritz Lang. And I have chosen... Tim Burton. <laughs> so next season is Fritz Lang and Tim Burton, uh, which is a, a very odd combination. A, uh, a German filmmaker and a, an American weirdo filmmaker. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm excited. You yeah. Know, I've seen him. I thought him was fantastic. And we're going to talk about him. So that's, um, that's I thought him was great. Yeah. Um, and of course I'm, you know, really excited to see some of Tim's movies that I haven't, that I've wanted to see for years, but I haven't gotten around to Are you it. Doing like, Edwood, I believe so. All right, cool. I like that one. <laughs> if not, I'll, I'll switch one to Edwood. Okay, oh, I like that movie. Yeah. Um, that's a good one. Uh, it opens. Uh, fun fact about Edwood, um, it uh, op- the movie opens with a confirmed pedophile. So that's fun. Uh, Jeffrey Jones. Oh so, my God! Yes. Uh, the movie opens with Jeffrey Jones, and you're like, you're when you see the movie, you're excited because you're like. <laughs> You're like, oh shit! It's it's the principal from Ferris Bueller, and it's the dad from Beetlejuice, and then yeah. It's, but uh, now knowing what we know, oh we're my like, god, oh my god, yeah. So that's a shame. Anyway, um, <laughs> but yes, I'm excited. Uh, before M, we're gonna we're gonna do a couple of silent films. I'm gonna try to do mine in chronological order. Um, oh, we also did fucking Metropolis. No, we did too. do Metropolis. So yeah, uh, um, so we're not gonna do that one, obviously. Opposite, yeah. But yeah, man, I mean, I'm excited for this, uh, especially because we're going to be back to a shorter season. It's going to be a lot shorter. Um, My list is very short. 
I yeah, I think collectively it's probably twenty episodes. Maybe. Back to how it was. Yeah. God. What the fuck were we thinking doing a 40 episode season? I don't know. We doubled it. That was pretty cool. Um, <laughs> well, it's because you had a great idea of this is lucky number seven. So let's make let's it. Let's just do it. Let's yeah. make it big. And it's just our own rules and it doesn't matter. Yeah. We can do whatever the fuck we want. It's, Zach listens and that's fine. Um, well, I don't know, dude. 12 Monkeys. It's doing pretty good right is now. Is it really? It's doing pretty good 12 right Monkeys? Now. Wow. And I didn't even watch La Jetée and I, I was uh, pretty um, upset with yourself. I was. Yeah. Because uh, I, I had I, I had every intention to watch La Tag And I was like, you know, and then the night I was going to, we were going to record, I, it it dawned on me like five minutes before. I was like, oh, fuck, I didn't watch that. I fucking watched the <laughs> fuck. fucking movie. Fuck. Um, it's only 30 minutes. I could have, I don't know. Yeah, maybe. It you doesn't matter. Like, I'll be right back. Uh, so I'm excited. Um, just, um, just a heads up. On one of my picks, it is a silent film. It is four hours. Um, I hate you. It, it's called uh, Dr. Mabuse the Gambler, and it is uh, a four-hour crime drama epic. Um, I fucking hate you. So that's, you should have fucking waited until we got to that episode. No, nah, it gives you time to mull it over. Because uh, cause now I'm going to be dreading that. No, 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 no. It's going to be fun. Um, you can get out Keanu Lober, uh, the Blu-ray. I don't know if you can stream it anywhere. Uh, but yeah, uh, Dr. Mabuse is going to be one. Um, but that won't be the first one. Destiny is going to be the first one. And so that one's uh, short and it's, um, and then you also got to figure out the end of season series. I do. Yeah. I, I have an idea. Um, but I don't know. I mean, there's plenty of time to figure it out, but yeah, plenty of time. Um, do you, um, since we just did this and we're still going, uh, do you want to plug anything fun? Do you want to like give shout outs to anything? What are you doing? What are you watching? Reading anything? Like that? I mean, like I mentioned the other the other day, uh, I am rewatching Scrubs. I have been thinking of watching uh, Shrinking, which is Bill Lawrence's new show that just started yeah. on Apple TV Plus. Um, obviously, another thing that I can't get enough of, and I know you can't, is the new Last of Us yeah. on HBO. It's great. Watch that shit. It is fantastic. Definitely. It, is made for both people who have played the game and people who, who have not never maybe have heard of the game, but have never touched it. Um, you don't need to have played the game to understand this world. Um, I love it. I think it's, it's great. really great. Craig I, Mazin. It makes is. me want to watch, makes me want to watch, uh, Chernobyl. Chernobyl. You absolutely. Should. Way more than I already want to. I've yeah. already wanted to watch it. Now I'm like, I fucking, I fucking watch it. Chernobyl is phenomenal. Yeah. yeah. You got to see it. Um, that's really about it. Cool. You know, I've got I've got some of the movies, you know, on my watch list. You know, like I mentioned off mic, I might have Pinocchio and uh, fucking uh, fucking fucking uh, <laughs> shit. You bitch. Um, this is riveting. You said it, and then I was like, yeah, yeah, I need to watch that too. Because <sighs> I was gonna do the menu. But then you said that, and I was like, oh, no, 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 no. The menu can wait. Yeah. Um, the fuck, oh, fuck. I don't know. I'm sure it's great, whatever it is. Uh, um, is it on Netflix? Shit, no, I don't fucking know. Cool. You said it. You told me. You were like, yeah, you're like, have you watched that yet? And I was like, no. I think I'm going to watch it on the plane. Plane right over to Orlando. Oh, yeah. 
It doesn't matter. All right. So while you think of that, um, I since I've been driving to Dallas a lot, uh-huh. I've been listening to a lot of audiobooks. Um, I just finished Brother by Anya Alburn. Um, it's awesome. <laughs> Uh, the audiobook is fine. The um, the narration is okay. It's not uh-huh. fantastic, but the story. I mean, the the twist. The holy Jesus Christ! Um, you're not gonna believe it. Um, I finished Devil House by someone I don't remember his name, and it was fine. Uh, the the story was there. There's really interesting elements in there, and I I really enjoyed parts of it as a whole. I give it like a B minus. Um, Banshees of Inisherin. Banshees of Inisherin. There you go. That's a great movie. Um, and I just started um, Ian Reed's new book, We Spread. Um, Shout out to our I'm Thinking of Anything episode. Fucking love Ian Reed so much. Um, and I started because Michael C. Hall reads it. Uh, Pet Cemetery. I heard. Oh, love the, that dude. The movie is fine. But I've heard the book is one of the best Stephen King books ever. And I was like, really? Pet Cemetery? And so I started listening to it. So The remake? I go back and forth. Oh, the remake's terrible. But um, the, the the original movie from the 80s. Um, they say that one. I mean, it's not very good, right? It's no. fine. But people are like, man, the book is like one of the best things he's ever written. I go, really? You know? Really? really? Not the Pet one Cemetery. with the fucking cosmic turtle? Yeah, no. <laughs> um, and the running a train on a little girl? Yeah, I mean, ugh, that one's pretty good. But um, <laughs> that's it, by the way, if you didn't know. Yeah, if you uh, didn't know, that was it. But yeah, and so I was like, I guess I, could, I should download that one. Um, I'm also, once I get a credit on Audible, um, you can download um, The Sunset Limited on Audible. Oh, nice. And you can listen to it. Uh, they have two shout, actors. Shout out to our season two end of season series. Uh, stage to screen. They have uh, they have actors doing the, uh, the thing. Yeah. Dude, fucking Sunset Limited. Fucking so, so I know. I know. The movie's incredible. Rewatch Sunset Limited. Okay? Just do that. Don't... You know what? Forget the brother, Anya Alburn, uh, which is great, by the way. Uh, <laughs> forget Devil House. Uh, forget... Don't forget Ian Reid. You should really read all of his stuff. Or listen to all of this stuff because it's incredible. Uh, but yeah, definitely rewatch uh, Sunset Limited if you have the chance. Yeah. Or if you have the money. Well, I think that's that's that's, that's, that's good a good enough. way to end this season, that's everyone. Um, you know, we hope you enjoyed season seven. Um, we promise these seasons won't be as long anymore. Um, yeah, and uh, I forgot what I was going to close off with. <laughs> So, everyone, uh, we will see you in Season 8. When you were here before can look in the eye You're just like a You're so very special